You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. Verses 12 and 13, you know, sign me up for death, whatever it takes. My life is his, you know. Paul was not only willing, but ready to die for Christ. Paul's passion for Christ far surpassed any fear or rejection or even martyrdom. Christians who are not passionate for Christ never do anything for Christ. I want to say that again. Christians who are not passionate for Christ never do anything for Christ. What is something you are passionate about? Maybe it's a sports team or a hobby. Today, Pastor Gary says you should be passionate about the gospel. Paul was passionate about the gospel to the point of death. His whole mission in life was to make the name of Jesus known. Pastor Gary says that if you are not passionate about the gospel, you will not get anything done for the gospel. The thing you are passionate about is what your life will revolve around. Choose to be passionate about Christ today. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Acts chapter 1 as he continues his message, Take Ship. And I'm thankful for that. You know, not every family can say that. And I'm very blessed. And that's not to shame anyone who doesn't have that same story. But it's just to say, look, some, some families faces the dynamic where they don't have that luxury. And, and it's not even your fault. You raised them right, but they made their own choice, right? But uh, regardless, you need to be able to continue to serve God and not allow the naysayers of your family talk you out of doing something that God called you to do. So... It's definitely going to affect the family. The Lord even taught His disciples and thus us that uh, that He came to set, uh, what did He say? Father against son, mother against daughter, father-in-law against son-in-law, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. You remember the Scripture. Basically, uh, it wasn't that Jesus wanted everyone to divide, but He knew that the Gospel would automatically by default bring division because some people have rebellious hearts and they're just not going to cooperate with the requirement to repent and put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's going to affect family. And honestly, today, a lot of people don't serve God because of family pressure. There's a lady right here in this community. I won't mention her name, but she was going to come to church after we visited her and knocked on her door. And then she, uh, her family, she was Catholic. Her family got word that she was going to go to that Baptist church and she let them talk her right out of coming. It's sad. But you gotta, you got to have your own walk with God. You can't worry about what your family says or don't say or does or don't do. Amen. And so understand that it's going to affect your family. Uh, so try to just love them, uh, be patient with them. They may be your sore spot of persecution, but you love them and pray for them anyway. And set a good example before them. Amen. It also requires flexibility. Verse 4 said, uh, uh, And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. Uh, that's an interesting verse. <laughs> it, it seems to indicate to me that the Holy Spirit was telling Paul to go a different direction. Is that what you understand after you read the text? And then another prophet came and warned and said, now if you go, this is what's fixing to happen to you. And Paul went on. 
And uh, some, some theologians would argue that he missed God. Uh, I don't know that I'm that smart to tell you yay or nay on that. I can just tell you, you better be following the voice of God. Amen? Uh, I, I can tell you that much. But, but verse 4 indicates that they tarried there seven days before they moved on. This, is, this, I think, indicates that sometimes the Lord puts us in a holding pattern. When you're not sure which way to go, wait and seek the Lord. Uh, if you're looking for new direction and ministry in your life and you're trying to find what does God want me to do? How can I make a bigger difference? When in doubt, wait. Pray. Seek the Lord. Tarry. Remember Jesus told the disciples, tarry at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. No, no need in going out without the power with which to do it. Amen. And so we need to learn to be flexible to the voice of God. Lots of travel, lots of destinations, lots of change. Same God, same spirit, different environments along the journey. You're going to face different situations. This church is going to face different challenges. As the dynamics change from group to group, uh, we will always have a core group prayerfully, but there will be others who will come and go and we, we... can call them floaters without any disrespect. There may be legitimate reasons for that. There may not be. But regardless, we need to understand that the the environment and the atmosphere is always subject to change. But God is always the same. His Word is always the same. But we need to learn to be flexible to deal with whatever situation we find ourselves in as we adjust and as we go through growing pains as a church. A lot of churches don't grow because they're not able to adjust to the growing pains. It could be a whole sermon preached just on growing pains. Uh, something as simple and, and, and to me as insignificant as losing your preferred seat in church. What if next Sunday morning a visitor shows up and they have never been to this church, they don't know you from Adam's house cat, and they dare sit in your spot. I've literally heard of people ask the visitor to get up and get out of their seat uh, because that was their seat. I would hope to God that no one in this church would be that cold-hearted or ignorant. Amen. Literally, they don't know that's your seat, honey. Just get over yourself and sit behind them or sit in front of them. It's not going to kill you for a Sunday or two or even for the rest of your journey with Jesus if they claim that as their seat. Amen. I mean, just adjust. And, and, and that's kind of a silly illustration, but it's, it's actually a very practical illustration. But there are things that uh, churches need to be willing to understand is sometimes it's going to cause things to be a little, little, little different than we've always been used to. You know, and we've got to be willing to adjust to and be flexible as we take ship for Jesus. Amen. You know, we got to stay when he says stay, and then we got to go when he says go. I pray that I can stay here the rest of my life. But I got news for you, just like I told you over a year and a half ago when I came. If God says go, guess what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to get up and go. I pray that don't happen. And I don't believe it's going to, but I I don't know what what tomorrow holds. I just know who holds tomorrow. Amen. I do know this much. I've learned to be more committed to what he says than what anybody else says. And I've always found that that benefits me most. And, And if you will commit to that yourself, 
you'll be a lot better off. Amen. Stay in sync with God's will for your life and ministry, and you'll always be in the right place at the right time for the right purpose. And I'm glad that many of you have discovered that this is the place that God has designated for you in this season in your life. And I would like to think that you're here for, as a lifer. And I'd like to think that some of you, uh, maybe that's kind of uh, on the fence as to whether or not to join, would just go ahead and join. And I'm, I'm not saying that just because you're sitting here, but I really believe that uh, if God's called you to a place, that you should go ahead and fully commit and get plugged in and, and make all the difference that you can for the cause of Christ. Just a friendly challenge to you, not a mandate, amen? Just something to chew on there. Uh, but God will hook you up with the right people in your life during those divine moments. Pay attention to those divine connections that He puts in your life. I've had many of you tell me that you know without a doubt that God sent me to you, and I thank God for that. I heartily agree with that because I know that God sent me here. So it's good that we're on the same page with that. It's good to know that we all see that, and I'm thankful for that. But let me tell you something. This is God's work. This is not our work. This was not even our idea. God just informed us of it at the right place and time. Amen? One day they randomly picked up a resume on the top of a, pa- a stack of pastor's resumes, and it just so happened to be me. And I just so happened to pick up an unrecognized number that I would normally have let go to voicemail and never picked up. And I just so happened to be seeking the Lord for new direction in my life, wondering what God had next for me because I knew that my time was running short where I was at. And it just kind of all made sense. (laughs) That's God for you. You've got to be willing to be flexible to the voice of God. And so we want to make sure that while we are serving God together for however long this partnership is, because it's truly a partnership, that we find out the will of God and what He wants us to do together and we go about doing it. Amen. That's my heart and I trust that that's your heart. But God will hook you up with the right people. Never underestimate the voices that God puts in your life. There's a reason they are there. There's a reason that sometimes God uses you to speak to me and there's a reason often that God uses me to speak to you. If he wanted somebody else to say it to you, he would have used somebody else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But as providence would have it, if you're a member of this church, and maybe even if you're not a member of this church, I'm your pastor because God put me here. And I pray that I would always say what the Holy Spirit would have me to say to you, both publicly and in private, as we discuss things and pray over things and seek the Lord's will for our life and ministry. Amen. But we've got to be flexible to what God wants of us. For such a time as this, I I really believe this. Public uh, confession. I don't know how many hundreds, if not thousands of doors I've knocked on in my ministry. I've seen very little fruit out of that effort. But I believe what can make the difference here is that I'm in the right place at the right time. And I believe that we'll see more fruit here because it's evident that God's doing a new thing. And it might be an old tactic that didn't get fruit on another field, but I believe we'd get fruit here. And case in point is the first 
time we went out and knocked on doors, we have since had someone join the church as a direct result of that one visitation that we had going out to the community. And God's already given us fruit, and we've only technically went and knocked on doors one time since we've been here. Now, we went out with the, the bus crew one day and we knocked on doors. I forgot about that one. But, and, you know, and this is not to guilt trip anybody. This is not to put pressure on you if you're not comfortable doing that. My point is this. We've got to learn to be flexible. And when God says, okay, it's time to press in a little bit, we're going to have to be willing to do some of that. Amen. And so you be praying about these things and asking the Lord, say, Lord, uh, is there something I can do to help in this process? You, you may not be good at going and knocking on doors, but you might be good at baking some donuts or something and feeding us before we go out on a Saturday morning. Somebody say amen right there. No. <laughs> uh, but you can't never tell what God's going to do. I even, Brother Ron, I even thought about having a... Once in a while, just having a, a free coffee on a Saturday morning, just out on the sign, drop in for free coffee, and we order some coffee cups with the gospel on it, with a QR code leading to the church website. And as they come through, we share the uh, share the gospel with them. Why not try some new stuff? You know, I, I don't know what the Lord might have us to do, but we've got to be willing to be flexible. And so I'm throwing some things out there and casting a little vision tonight so that hopefully you can join with me in prayer and God will confirm these things that He wants us to do and how you, He might want you to play a part in those things. If you have ideas, share them with me. Uh, they may not all be practical or applicable, but they all need to be heard because you never know which one might take and go a long way. Amen? So it takes flexibility. And the last thing we'll talk about, it's going to take some fervor the word fervor means intense and passionate feelings like Paul here, verses 12 and 13. You know, sign me up for death, whatever it takes. My life is his, you know. Paul was not only willing, but ready to die for Christ. Paul's passion for Christ far surpassed any fear or rejection or even martyrdom. Christians who are not passionate for Christ never do anything for Christ. I want to say that again. Christians who are not passionate for Christ never do anything for Christ. I don't understand the Christian that don't want to make a difference for Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that I'm much. In fact, I'm highly disappointed in the fruits that I've produced. In fact, I'm not supposed to be the one producing the fruit. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Amen. If we stay hooked up to Him, He can produce fruit through us, but we're not the one that produces the fruit. Amen. But I'm highly disappointed in self. I wish I had a lot more to show for the Lord than I do. And maybe I'll be surprised one day. Maybe there's more fruit than I can see, and that's probably the way it's designed so I don't get the big head. Amen. On this side of heaven. But my point is this. We should strive to do something to make a difference for Jesus outside of these four walls. Try to reach His community. Amen. So where is the fire in your heart for God? Hopefully it's there. If it's just a little flicker, we're going to try to fan the flames. We're going to throw fuel on it. We're going to try, if we have to, amen, we're going to do whatever we got to do to get it, get, uh, you know, fired up for the Lord if He'll help us. Amen. And when you let others rob you of your zeal for God, you have made them an idol in your heart, answering to them instead of God. Who are you serving? God or that person you let talk you out of serving Him? Amen. 
Uh, just simply put, don't, don't let people, and then I'll say this, not only should you not let people, what people say discourage you, but don't let what you think people are going to say discourage you. I think we are more guilty of worrying about what they might say than what they actually said. It's called vain imaginations. What does the Bible say to do with imaginations? Cast, casting down imaginations and every thought. Right? What's, uh, somebody quote it for me. Casting down imagination every high thought that exalts the assembly gets the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, uh, if you're imagining that when you step out by faith and do something that other people are going to think you're crazy, you're going to run, run you down, most likely not. They're probably not even going to pay any attention to you at all. They'll neither say anything positive or negative about you. I hate to bust your bubble. You're not going to, uh, probably not going to criticize you. They might. But they're probably not going to roll out the red carpet for you, congratulate you, and be happy for you either. You're going to end up finding that you're going to serve God by yourself a lot of times. And you may find very few, if any, people that are willing to stand with you, but that shouldn't make no difference. We should be willing to do what God told us to do, whether anybody celebrates it or helps us with it or not. Amen. That's one of the ch- most biggest challenges is, is, is knowing the potential if people could work together. You know, Brother Ron, if everybody that was a member of this church showed up and said, how can we, how can we help? We wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. You know? But are we going to let that discourage us from doing what we can do? You know, so what we've got to do is we've got to maximize what opportunities we have with what resources we have, as few as it may be. You know, never, never underestimate the power of a seed. Just dropping a seed somewhere. Get you a gospel track. Write the church address on the back of it. Start handing it out. If you need some help printing them and mass distribute, we'll print as many as you'll pass out, won't we, Brother Ron? If you want to pass it out, we'll print it. That's right. But don't make us print 5000 out for it to sit there and collect dust for the next 10 years. Right? <laughs> we got to distribute it. That's the point of printing. If we're going to print it, we got to distribute it. Amen. Uh, but it takes fervor, and we're going to have to have some passion. Uh, but listen, passion alone is not going to be enough. And I need to emphasize this point before I close in prayer. Because we are all subject to like passions, and, and passions can be up one day and what to the next? Down. It's not just about passion. It's about commitment. Your commitment needs to be stouter than your passion. You'll have your days where you're gung-ho, ready to go. Ready to charge hell with a water pistol. And then something tragic happens and hits you, blindsides you, and next thing you know, all that passion and zeal you had, where is it at? It can't be found. But does that mean that God didn't call you, or does that mean you're going to have to rely on your commitment to Christ instead of your feelings and emotions about it? We don't always feel like serving God. I was so exhausted walking over here from the house this afternoon that when I got to my office, I just about fell asleep in my chair at the, in my office. 
I didn't feel like coming here tonight. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying this is the assignment. You know, you get up and you go and you do because God called you to. You can't mully grub around and feel sorry for yourself. You just got to go and do it. Many of you had that work ethic growing up. It's not a problem for you. But this younger generation, boy, we're going to have to set an example for them. And we can't get we can't get uh, too relaxed because we'll set a bad precedent. They need to see that it's going to take work. Spiritual work, most importantly, but it's going to take some physical work to get the work of God done. It's going to take some physical work. Missions mania. We're going to have to get crazy about serving God and getting the gospel out. Amen. Uh, Lastly, you never stop learning. Acts 21, verse 16. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea and brought with them one. I don't think I printed that right. Where's that verse 16? Yeah, Mason of Cyprus, an old disciple with whom we should lodge. So they continued to make disciples. And that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Making disciples. You know, I, I, I do know that uh, it's important to lead people to Christ. And we shouldn't just lead people to Christ and just throw them out to the wolves. And we should follow up and teach them how to uh, make disciples and share their faith and all that. But I'd rather lead someone to the Lord and then do nothing else, amen, than to not do nothing at all. And, and some people think that if you don't have a start-to-finish program where you can not only lead them to the Lord, but you also put them through a discipleship class, that you shouldn't do any of it. Well... You know, the Holy Ghost is pretty good at keeping up with His folk wherever they're at and, and growing them in the Lord and leading them the, into all truth. So even if you don't disciple them, at least if you can lead them to the Lord, the Holy Spirit has a chance to lead them somewhere where they can grow. And you may or may not be the one to disciple them, but tell them about Jesus anyway, right? So let's not overthink this thing. Keep it simple. The Holy Spirit does a far better job making disciples than we do anyway. Uh, we need to be willing and able and capable, and we need to train ourselves on how to do that. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, this is seed business, and God keeps up with all of the seeds. Uh, this is His vineyard. We're going to sow a lot of seeds that we're not going to be able to follow up with. Uh, I've been preaching on radio for years. I very seldom, if ever, get any feedback from the radio from people writing in or emailing me, but every once in a while I bump into somebody and because I happen to be standing there and they recognize my voice, they say, I hear you on the radio. So I know they're listening. And I know uh, today uh, I got word that there's uh, the roommate for Miss Jean. Whenever Dean comes and plays the radio program for her on Sunday mornings, she's over there listening. She said, I want you to know I listen in whenever he plays that radio program, and it's a blessing to me. You never know where the Word of God is going and who it's helping and how much God's being honored and glorified, and we can't just quit sowing seed because we don't see the fruit of it. See what I'm saying? So this is just the work of the Lord, and we got to leave the results in His hands and just do what we can with what we got. And, uh, and, and I think that's a good way to wrap this lesson up on what it means to be a maniac with missions. Amen? Just a maniac. Just crazy about sharing and spreading the gospel. And I appreciate this church for your mission-mindedness. It's one of the things that attracted us to you is that there was a hunger and leadership to reach more people. 
and there's a good healthy culture here and I think we got something that we can continue to work with and grow and, and you know maximize our potential and I thank God for that and and you're giving us liberty to extend our personal ministry through other means such as the radio and podcast and 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 websites for other pastors you know today I've helped publish some sermons to other churches websites where people in their communities are going to hear the gospel because we had a small part in that you know there's just so many ways that we can sow the seed and 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 you never know which one God might use the greatest you just have to keep sowing amen so uh, I close with our verse of the year oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, GaryCuddle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. We'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please prayerfully consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Connell Ministries. 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. That's 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.